Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well. For those watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy. Also, as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimus. So after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, man. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me, been subscribed for 13, 14 years, or you've been rocking with me, just 13, 14 minutes ago. I want to say thank you so much for entrusting what God has trusted me uh, or trusting me with God has entrusted me. And I hope it, it continues to be a treasure for you. So, but if, as everyone is coming in live, let me make sure I let you guys know about some new things that I have going on, which is my eighth book, uh, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great resource with over 125 reflective questions, as well as 25 or so articles and 52 opportunities for you to reflect weekly on your wholeness. It's a great book to really help you process whether or not you're whole enough to hold um, the important things that you want in life or the things you currently have in your life. Also, I have a card game that I created called Whole. The first one who spell whole wins is a fun interactive game for individuals to really process the key questions on wholeness, as well as doing some fun activities, whether it's exercise, mathematical equations, engagement pieces, a great resource there. All those items are available now on my website, IamUnplugged.com. Also, for those who want one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching, I am back life coaching again. If you need uh, coaching, uh, make sure you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com forward slash custom dash coaching. Again, IamUnplugged.com uh, forward slash custom dash coaching. And if you want some support from me, I'm here to help and serve you all. But let's see who's working with me live as everyone is kind of getting their fingers together. I want to wish you all a happy uh, Thanksgiving. Hope you all are going to be enjoying family or just enjoying the family of God, the company of God, if there's no family in your life. But I pray you all are getting rest or getting prepared uh, for that good food, hopefully um, tomorrow. I'm excited. I'm ready to eat. Uh, and I'm excited about this time of the year always. Uh, Ghetto for Flower says, hey, coach, been a minute. Much love to you all from the Virgin Islands. Thank you so much. Um, for the love. Yeah, it's been a minute. I haven't did a video in four days. That's how busy I've been. Um, but it's all good. I'm, I'm enjoying this break that I have for my school. But Ashanti Akua says, hey, coach, how do you get out of financial hardship? Great question. Well, you have to find the root of the financial hardship. Um, oftentimes, the root of our financial hardship is due to a poor stewardship. If you're not good with $100, you won't be good with $1,000. Um, so what you have to do, you have to look at uh, the root of your spending. You got to ensure that you have a budgeting plan every month. What I do is I always look at every single dollar as a worker for me. Every dollar goes where I potentially sends it. Right. Especially with me being responsible as a husband. Right. I have to make sure that every single dollar has a job. And that goal with that job is to bring something back. Right. There's nothing wrong with recreational or self-care items because it's bringing you back uh, um, enjoyment. It's bringing you back uh, um, various things. Right. But you have to look at where you spend your money. So what I would do is I will go to your online banking or wherever you bank and I will look at um, your spending habits. Right. And, and look at where you're spending your money. It, are you in an emotional state that's leading you to emotional spending? As there's a root reason to where there's financial hardship and it boils down to not having a plan. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And that comes with your money. Right. And then look at your heart and look at your heart. Gener uh, uh, 
in regards to generosity. And it's just different things you got to look at and, and really assess in regards to your stewardship. So what I would do is I will look at the money that you spent in the last 90 days or so. And I want you to really look at where most of your money is going. And then look at, okay, at the end of the month, right? At the end of the month, where do, do you like where you are? See, at the end of the month, if I don't like where I am financially, then I make a different plan. I reassess my budgeting and then I start going into God and say, God, give me witty and Give me some creative ideas. Uh, but God is going God is not going to continuously open on um, um, blessing streams if you're not a good steward. Right. So my first advice is, is to ask yourself um, uh, uh, first assess your money management skills. And how well are you managing your money? Are you taking the time to budget before you spend or do you spend and not budget? You got to budget your money. You got to see where every dollar goes. Every dollar's a worker. Every amount of money you have should be working for you or you should be positioning yourself to work if for to if to work for you, whether through investments, whether through uh, ideas, whether through entrepreneurial endeavors. Right. And so how you get out of financial hardship, you got to get into budgeting. You got to look at the root of your spending and see is is your spending going into the right directions. But before you even look at that, while you're looking at that, look at your soul. Your soul is what spins. And if your soul is not anchored in God. It's not rooted in God and you're not at peace with God, then you're going to spend recklessly. So you got to look at your soul. What is your soul and your mindset like? Is your soul uh, hurting? Therefore, you're spending a lot more money going out to eat. You're spending more money in self-care stuff, right? Oh, and where's your mindset with money? Start getting some books on money management. Start budgeting and start planning. I hope to help, my friend. And thank you. She said, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. God's girl, what's going on? Christy Rush says, hello, coach. Hope you have a great holiday. Yeah, everything's going well, as well as everyone. That, oh, thank y'all. Yeah, man, it's going good so far. Crystal, what's going on, sis? Hope you well, man. Please keep me updated. I remember your heart, your question has been on my heart about what you posted last time. So let me know. Give me an update how everything's going. God's girl said, is it ever okay to not want to pray for someone? I mean, you're human. I mean, I mean, it's kind of hard to pray for your haters. It's, it's kind of hard to pray for your enemy. Um, but one thing about prayer is that I make it more relational than I do uh, a, a task, right? And, and so when it comes to prayer, usually when I pray for people, there's there's about a good two handful of people that I pray for every day. You know, about t- about five to about five to about ten people that gets gets that prayer consistently every day, right? That's family and people that I know is going through some things, right? And it kind of fluctuates as and decreases depending on uh, um, um, who and their, who the person is and what their situation is, right? But when it comes to other people, I don't pray for them unless they name drops in my spirit. I, I That is not my, I mean, there's 7.5 billion people on the planet. God, the, the weight of other people's lives is not on my shoulders to pray for. Um, I, God is not slack in prayer partners, prayer warriors, and so I don't necessarily feel the weight of having to be in position to pray for everybody. That's just not, I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. You know what I'm saying? Uh, um, prayer is, is, is intense. It's powerful. It's, it's, it's multi-layered. It's, it's, it's deep into the soul of a person to pray for someone. And I don't have the energy, the time and effort to pray for a hundred people a day. Right? So to answer your question, is it not okay uh, to that pray for someone? I mean, who knows? It depends on your heart. If your heart hates that person, it is not okay. Especially if God is leading to pray for someone that you hate or whatever, then that could be wrong. But just to say, 
hey, is it wrong not to pray for someone? Um, I think you should pray for you and your heart to heal towards that someone so that you could be a person that God can use in the future to pray for that someone. But to answer your question, ain't nothing wrong for not praying for someone unless your heart is wrong towards that person. Then you have to deal with that root issue. But I don't feel the burden to pray for everyone because God got a lot of prayer worries out there. James Sykes says, it'll be better to ask God to overcome negative emotions instead of accepting them. I don't know if, that, if there's a question, fam. It'll be better to ask God to overcome negative emotions instead of accepting them. Oh, you're talking to God's girl. Okay, gotcha. Ashanti Akul says, thank you so much, coach. I don't know how to budget at my age, so thank you. Let me teach you real quickly. Um, budgeting is just simply saying, okay, expense, uh, uh, money coming in and money going out. So what you do is you assess how much money um, that comes into your life. So I'm going to give you an example. For me, uh, uh, money coming in will be um, uh, what I get from my job, what I get, what I know is coming in. It's guaranteed money coming in from my spent time. So there's time money and then there's mind money. There's time money and there's mind money. Time money is where I clock in, clock out. Mind money is creative ideas that God has given me through my mind to produce in tangible form that is exchanged between me and someone else for, and I get money in return. That's mind money. Don't Sometimes mind money blends with time money, but mind money means that I created this wealth. I created this money flow, right? And so what you do is at the end of every month, look at how much money came in versus how much money went out and then assess in regards to your financial goals. Financial spending increases where there's no financial goal. So what is your financial goal as a young person? Is your financial goal to get a house or uh, or what is it? You know, And then you start with your goal in mind. And then you start off with God in mind, ultimately, like I'm doing this for the glory of God. My every Everything you do, whether eating or drinking and everything you do, give glory to God. And so you have to ask, am I, is God getting the glory out of my spending? What is causing me to be impulsive? So what you do is get a sheet of paper and you just simply write out where money is coming in, job, family, whatever. And then look at your spending, how much money goes out and how much money do you have left after you spent everything? That right there is going to let you know how happy or how uh, or how ha rejoiceful or regretful you are about your, your, your spending. Then you make the adjustments. You say, okay, now I can start cutting money off in these other areas. Maybe I am eating out more. Then create an alternative. Instead of eating out, let me start cooking. So you start making adjustments, right? But the goal begins with God and then your financial goals of life. And then thirdly, <clears throat> you got to execute the plan. And you see what I'm saying? And so that's my best advice for budgeting. Uh, examine the money coming in in comparison to money going out. And then you look at the money going out compared to the money that's coming in. You ask yourself, am I living above my means? Am I trying to do more with this money than I should? If you are, then you assess your heart and you examine your heart and ask yourself, why am I spending so much? Is it because of a breakup? Is it because of, of just I grew up in a home that spent money? And then you have to intentionally, even though it may be difficult at the beginning, you have to intentionally reverse um, the generational financial curse that has been passed down through you mentally based upon your observations. Then when you start making those changes, which will be difficult in the beginning, you will begin to see how fruitful they will eventually become. And then you will enjoy budgeting because you have more money to not only give, but also to grow. You have more money to invest. You have more money um, um, to, to create. And then you start creating other revenue streams. And then you'll see that it requires discipline to have financial freedom. See, money coming in should help you buy assets. Assets leads to you developing wealth and wealth leads to freedom. 
So what kind of financial freedom do you want to have? Think about where you want to go. Do you want to be able to have the freedom to fly wherever you want to fly? Do you want to have the financial freedom to go wherever you want to go? Do you want to have the financial freedom to build shelters or whatever it is? Then you say, okay, that's have to be my why. Ultimately for God's glory, but here's my financial goals and the freedom that I want to have uh, financially. And then you go after that aggressively. And uh, Dave Ramsey's a good guy that I, that, I, that I gleaned from and some others. Um, can't think of their names right up top, but some others and 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 change your Instagram page. What I tell people start um, removing how you remove certain content from your explore page or from your social media feed by following following where you want to eventually have your footing. Follow the people whose feet are where you want your feet to be, so you can constantly see on Instagram, Facebook, or wherever financial stuff, money stuff. If you look at my phone right now, it's it's, mo it's mostly food and financial gurus, uh, financial stuff. What you see on my Explore page, you see food, you see Bentleys, you see Rolls Royces, because I love cars, and you see a bunch of financial gurus. You see a bunch of entrepreneurial pages because I want to have my feet where those people are finding their feet. And you do that by following and people get free financial strategies and plans just by observation. You can learn so much from people. Simply Anna says, hey coach, happy to see you. Happy to see y'all too, man. It's been a minute, but I'm back. Jalen said, hey coach, what are some evangelist tips to spread the gospel of others? Great question. Well, first you have to be an epistle before you an evangelist. Hmm. You must be an epistle before you become an evangelist. The Bible says we are living epistles. Uh, because sometimes you may be the first Bible someone reads. And before you read the gospel to them, before you regurgitate the gospel to them, they must first read the gospel in you. All right. So the best way I evangelize, now there's two types of evangelists, right? There's some people who are gifted by God, it's cold call evangelism, what I call it, cold call. They just show up and be like, yo, you saved or what? What up? Woo, 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 woo. And that person be like, oh man, I don't, I need to get saved. Those people got that gift. I'm the type of guy, more since I'm more introverted in nature, and it's surprising to a lot of people that people think that I'm introvert, but I am. Uh, but with, with my introvert nature, I rather people watch me from a distance, and then from watching me, they'll come and ask of me, and then I can give them the hope that's in me, right? But the, my model is, is to be a living epistle before I become an evangelist. So many people that are evangelists, but about time you get closer to them to read the pages on their life, there's no gospel in there. And some people are just hired men, hired women doing it because it's cool, or they're doing it because it's a gift. But all gifts and calls are given without repentance. So we don't even know if they're really serious about it, right? But here are some evangelist tips. First, you get you got to make sure you're living out the gospel. Read the gospel to yourself often. Uh, examine your faith. The Bible says, walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Examine your actions. Always assess. Be self-examining, right? So that you can continue to be sharpening in your character and so that your character could be Christ's character because you have developed a Christ mind by renewing it through the word of God, right? And the more you begin to grow your walk with God, then you will exude from you the, the, the living walking epistle, Joshua the epistle. See what I'm saying? Joshua, this is Joshua the epistle. People are reading God's story in my life. And then when people come around my life and ask about why I'm so different, then I can share the gospel uh, with them, right? But I want to make sure that I'm it before I share it. Mm. I want to make sure that I'm it before I share. So be a living epistle before you be a living and walking evangelist. Hope to help. Jessica J says, how do you divorce yourself from the opinions of others? Realizing that these people don't know Dilly Squad. You know, the only opinion that matters to me is God and my wife's. 
everybody else cool i will consider your opinions but i'm not going to be affected by your opinions you know what i'm saying because your opinions are short-sighted your opinions are half the equation the only opinion i care about is the woman's opinion that lives with me and the one that i live for who is god those opinions matter because Maya, her opinion of me as a husband, and I trust her, I trust her premise for it. I mean, I trust where she's coming from, so I care about her opinion, right? Because I know there's love there. Why do we care about people's opinions who doesn't have love for us there? First off, never get no, never allow other people's opinions to supersede God's opinion of you. The way that you overcome people's um callous and incorrect opinions about you is to first find out what God says about you. What is how does God view you? I will read Psalms 139. I will start processing um God's love towards me. Then you will be so confident in God's opinion of you that, that you will stay out boldly despite what other people say. Secondly, you shouldn't take no opinions or criticism from people who are not living what you desire to live. The more you get to know God, there's the more you get to know yourself. The more you get to know yourself, the more you get to know your purpose. The more you get to know your purpose, you begin to recognize the real from the snakes, the real from the fakes, right? And then you will begin to say, the only people's opinion <clears throat> that I would even consider the slightest is people who live, whose life is where I want to eventually live. I heard a person, I think it was Grant Cardone said, or somebody said, he said, um, I don't, ah, what, is, what was his point? Basically what he was saying was, people who are more successful than you rarely talk bad to you. <laughs> people who are rich, wealthy, successful, unless they just hate you personally, or you a threat to them. He said, I've never been uh, whatever, whatever from someone that's richer than me. You know, so what he's talking about is people who are where you want to be, know how to speak to you, know how to critique you, still examine a character, but these individuals know how to talk to you because they know what it takes to be where they are. Most of us, we get so caught up on, on egg-faced individuals who, don't even, who ain't even confident enough and bold enough to show their face online. We care more about their opinions than it's affecting us offline. So how do you separate yourself from the opinions of the realizing or developing your understanding of God's opinion of you, Jessica? When you begin to find out how God sees you and God's opinion of you, then you will begin to find yourself fully established in you and God's ecosystem. So no matter who tries to penetrate that, it is protected by a confidence that comes from companionship. And then from there, really write down the people right now, write on a sheet of paper, the people whose opinions matter to you the most. Write down the five to seven, five to 10 people whose opinions have, are impact, has affected you or is affecting you right now. I want you to write their name down. I want you to write down what their opinion is or your assumed opinion of them. I want you to write down. I want you to ask yourself, why does this opinion matter to you? Does their opinion matches God's opinion of you? And then begin to rate these people one to 10 based upon their value to you and their value that they have given into you and their value that they can give to you based upon where their life is right now. And if their life is below where you want to go, then I don't listen to them. I wouldn't listen to them. But begin to assess why their opinion matters to you. Find the root reason why it matters to you. And then start rooting yourself in your relationship with God so that you can begin to build that confidence that only a heavenly father can give. You're talking to someone that used to be easily affected by people's opinions, right? But now I can care less. 
<laughs> people be trying to give me their point of view opinions all the time and i smile and i shake my head in the back of my head the back of my head the guy mr josh in the back of my head i got a big head too so that he be in the back room of my head but like don't listen to them i don't be paying attention but i'm cordial but i don't be paying attention because your life's trash <laughs> so if your life is trash then you're going to give a trash opinion but if your life is full of trash you're going to give treasured opinions hope to help my friend that's true i do the same are you talking okay uh crystal murray says i was praying to ask my husband what he thought the disconnect was okay here we go he said he was choosing it so my marriage so my marriage it not that great but i'm uh, but but god is blessing me with from within i still have my joy oh i was praying to ask my husband what he thought of disconnect was he he said he was choosing it he's choosing to disconnect you so my marriage is not that good but i'm good but i am good god's blessing let me see if you wrote something else there we go Ah, right, here we go. <laughs> Bad crystal. I know you was writing fast. No problem. Why is it important to get inner healing from trauma? And what are the effects of ignoring healing? Great question. It is important to have inner healing, but you have to realize that doctors, therapists, uh, preachers, pastors cannot heal the intangible. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You are a spirit. You have a soul. Uh, we can help aid the soul. We can help uh, guide the soul, but only God can heal the soul. And inner healing begins with mind renewal. Once the mind begins to renew itself by adopting a biblical worldview or just a positive perspective shift upon that thing, then trauma can be healed, right? Don't get me wrong. Pastors, therapists, different people like that are great resources, but you should never make them the sources, right? The source is God. You start from God and allow the leadership of the Holy Spirit to then guide you to the people that he will use as instruments, hands and feet, words, ears to be able to help you uh, uh, not fear and to help you uh, to overcome, right? So I'm not against those different things, but I am against those things being above the main thing, the main person who is God and allowing his spirit to then lead you to the people who can then be used to help, help, keyword help, heal you, right? So the importance of getting inner healing is boiled down to ensuring that the people connected to you or the children that will be up underneath you would never serve the second handedness of your trauma. Oftentimes our kids are suffering from second handed tra uh, trauma from first hand drama. Right. And so now the drama that happened, what you see with your mom and dad, I'm not talking about you, but hear me, the drama that you may have witnessed or the drama you have actually uh, uh, witnessed. Right. is now being permeating is permeating to your children, which would then lead to your children, children, because your children can't help but be up under your roof. Right. And so if there's any reason to heal, these are two reasons why you should heal. Number one, so you can be useful and helpful to God. And number two, so that you won't hurt your children. So you have to heal for at least those two reasons. And those are strong enough reasons to actually <clears throat> take a season to heal. Because you don't want that hurt to pass down because no matter how much you care for your child, no matter how much you care for those who are worthwhile to you, hurt people still hurt people. A mom can mean well and still hurt her daughter thinking that she's helping. Look at the tone of the voice. Why are you fussing and yelling and not at peace? It's because you're torn to pieces because your heart has been broken. 
So it's important to say I must heal so that I can be a healing tool of God to whomever he desires to use me for. And to second, to ensure that my children are not affected by secondhanded hurt. Right? So why is it important to get inner healing from trauma? Because there's no traumatic experience that God can't help you through. And the reason why people don't overcome traumatic experiences is because they go to resources before they go to the source. And how do you go to the source of God? You don't got to say no elaborate prayer. All you got to do is say, God, I need your help, man. I need you. And then begin to slowly or quickly, depending on the urgency, steal your life, quiet your life. Remove as much noise as possible so that you can be as poised as possible so you can hear God's voice, God's leading, and then he'll pop up people to that you could possibly go to, right? And what are the effects of ignoring healing? The effects of ignoring the healing is <clears throat> when you ignore the healing, there's gonna be it's gonna affect your dealings, your dealings with your spouse, your dealings with your children. You're gonna always be irritable, frustrating, um, um, hurt, and then you're gonna end up hurting people, even if you don't mean to, even if you don't think you're hurting people, you're hurting them. You have to heal and you have to assess. Number one, you have to assess what hurts you. What hurts you? You know, you know, a sprained ankle gets different, gets a different, gets different treatment than a broken ankle. So if your heart has been sprained, then stay off of it for a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, just make sure that you elevate. You know what I'm saying? I'm just using metaphors. But if your heart has been broken, you have to go through surgery. See, a sprained heart, a sprained heart, you you may have you may be able to take some over-the-counter stuff. You may just, you know, get into the scriptures and take some over-the-counter stuff, right? Take some over-the-counter, uh, over-the-scripture counter, and just, you know, get over it and it's easy to get over. But if you've been hurt, it may take some surgery. It will take some surgery if it's been broken, which means you got to go to the one who's near the brokenhearted and begin to develop a relationship with him and a deep, I mean, uh, intense relationship with him and, and really begin to uh, uh, allow him to heal that broken place in your life. Jessica J says, hope that helped, Crystal. Please email me. Let me know what's going on with you, man, because you I've I known you for years. You've been rocking with me for years. And so let me know what's going on and see if I can help. Maybe your husband can talk to me. Maybe we can help. Maybe I can help in some kind of way. Jessica J says, how do you rest in Christ? First off, rest in Christ starts with knowing that Christ is the best. He's the ultimate. He's the, he's the check that cleared for me to be able to, to, to be who I am today. He's the resurrection and the life. Uh, um, if it wasn't for him, then I wouldn't have life. Then hell would have been my ultimate home. And so you find rest in him by asking, where do you have your roots? Restlessness is the direct result of misplaced roots. So if your roots is in your money, your money's your source, then of course you're going to be restless when your money gets funded. If your roots are in a person, when that person fluctuates, you have to understand everything in this world has the potential to fluctuate. Everything in this world has the ability to be affected by a cause. God is the cause that had no effect. So he can't be affected by any other exterior or interior or superior or inferior cause. 
He's the cause. He, he was. I am that I am. He's the cause. There was no effect. He, he, he caused the effects. That's why it's in him that we live, move, and have our being, because he's the cause that gives us the effect. There was no cause to his cause, but, but his cause caused all the effects, right? And so he's the only one that can't be affected by no other cause. Your money can be affected by any cause. Your spouse can be affected by any cause. You can be affected by any cause. Your pastor can be affected by any cause. Anybody, anything that could be a root, I mean, a, a foundation, a place of rooting yourself can be affected by any cause. And so it should cause you to pause to examine how can they be affected by the cause. The reason why we have all these effects because of the causes, because we don't take time to pause and to reflect. But instead, we allow ourselves the causes to affect, right? How do we have rest in crisis? We have to understand that he's immutable. Immutable means he doesn't change. He's Jesus the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change, which gives me security and stability. The security and stability that my wife has right now in me is because God is my source. Right. So when no matter who it is, you got to examine, are they rooted in God before I even even think about being in marriage with them? That's another topic for the day. You find your rest in Christ when you begin to understand that Christ has his best for you. And when you begin to understand that he has what's best for you, then you can rest no matter what's around you. Now, what affects rest? Stress. Now, next question is, what is stressing you? What is stressing you? Is 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 are you in a situation right now that you may have caused and now you're stressed because of a cause that you caused, right? What's stressing you? So get a sheet of paper out right now. You're gonna do it right now, but after this, and write down anybody else, write down what's stressing you. This is what's stressing me right now. Then ask the next question: why is it stressing me? And then ask yourself, circle it if it's a source of yours. And when you begin to see that it's a source, then you will see the root of your stressing that's affecting your resting. Then you got to do some Bible study. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now you got to start looking up scriptures on faith in God. God's uh, love for me. Um, God's immutability. Right. I want you to study. That's the number one attribute I want you to study right now. I want you to look up the immutability, the immutability of God. And whatever scriptures come down, let me see if I can do that for you right now. <clears throat> See, I'm gonna pull up on my on my thing here. Uh, God's immutability. God's. Uh oh, hold on. Help our friend out right now. Immutability. Okay. God's immutability scriptures. Let me see if I can find that for you. I'm getting you this fish one time, and I and then after that, I want you um to start learning how to fish. Each and every one of you. My goal is is to be such a resource that that you come that you learn how to go fish for yourself. Uh let me see. Here we go. So uh so what I typed in was God's immutable scriptures. Man, they do being bad disrespectful. Google being mad disrespectful. You know I put a capital G, bro. You know I put a capital G. Google being mad disrespectful. Let's do this again. This includes verse such as the Lord do not change. Okay. Well so that's okay immutability but uh open Bible.info. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. For I am the Lord, for I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. That's powerful. 
I need y'all to know, for I am the Lord, I do not change. Why? So that you won't be consumed, consumed in stress, right? James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father, like with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Every good gift from God is I can treasure because I know the treasure giver doesn't change. So that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we have we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement, hold fast to the hope set before us. See, these are some simple scriptures that I think will help you, my friend, to really meditate on and then assess why are your roots in these resources and ask them, why have I made these resources my sources? And then you have to emotionally and mentally transfer your whole essence into understanding that life is best when Jesus is your everything, then you have rest in him. Knowing that, and this is what helps too. I want you to track the faithfulness of God towards you. Get a sheet of paper and write down, another sheet of paper if you want, and then write down how God has been faithful to you. It will build your strength. I'm going to do a video on this because uh, I, it's going, I could preach three, four, 15 days on the rest in God because I, I really went through this. And, and I probably will, because a lot of people need to really find rest in God, um, especially these days. God's girl said, no, it's not no hate or eat, not, but I got it. Thanks, coach. And no negative emotions, but I do wish them well. Oh, OK. No, it's no hate or even a dislike, but I got it. Thanks, coach. And no negative emotions, but I do wish them. That's it. Just wish them well. Pray them well and keep it moving. And if God drops their name in your spirit, then that's when you pray for them. Renora Boa says, hey, coach. Two questions. One, did you get a new camera? No, I just got a new laptop. It apparently has a better uh, uh, webcam. So that's a good thing. My other videos are kind of fuzzy now. I'm like, hey, man, that's pretty cool, man. I'm, my, You know, y'all see Coach been drinking water, exfoliate. And what now? I don't really exfoliate. I don't even know. Exfoliate, I think that was Neutrogena. You know, little stuff. But anyway, nah, just all water and pineapple juice, fam. See what I'm saying? So yeah, I got a new, new, well, this laptop has a better H, uh, has a better webcam. Uh, Qual looks better than usual. Thank you so much. You know, we go from glory to glory. Two, what are some examples of contemplating a potential counterpart without the carnal mind? Great question. Let me look at that again. What are some examples of complementing a potential cow? Gotcha. Without the carnal mind. Well, um, first off, the carnal mind must become the Christ mind. And what I mean by that is that you have the Christ you have a biblical God-centered worldview, right? You have you have allowed those mental settings to be <laughs> look at your, your mind like a mental setting. You know, you done slid all the barrier, the bars over to God, right? It was to the world, but you start looking at every perspective point of your life. You can look at it, for example, my perspective of women. Has it been moved over to, to God? Have it been slid over to God? Uh, my perspective of men, if you're a woman, has it been moved over to God? My perspective on money. Everything that's key to life, you have to Asif, has I moved? Have I moved that mental setting over to God, right? And that's something you got to do. It's okay. Is my mind set, setting set where they need to be, so I can constantly have a mind that can examine like God want me to examine, right? And so that's what you do. Then you will begin to find that you are more able to 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 determine God things because your mind sliders have been slid over, right? Once that's been established, you don't have to worry about the carnal mind. The carnal mind might try to bump up every now and then, but you are intentional ensuring that you are walking in that God character, right? But 
to compliment complimenting a potential counterpart is uh, first off, complimenting doesn't mean equal. And what I mean by not equal, compliment doesn't mean exact. That my wife is not exact like me. We are opposites. You see what I'm saying? And there's a lot of similarities, but there are some opposites. And of course, you heard the phrase opposites attract, right? And so I'm more of the um, kiss the babies and I'm more of the political guy. You know, I'm giving give an example. I'm more of the, the guy that's the people, people, people. I'm out there, right? And she's more of the looking, 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 you know, the more observing, observing, maybe not as people as me. But that, that I'm not going to necessarily mean I have to have a people, people, person, just people, people like me. Who's going to be watching the people that I'm serving the people? Who's going to be praying for me while I'm out there with the people? See what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is you compliment based upon, honestly, let me just keep it a buck with you. The complimenting piece is in the ingenuity and in the genius of God. There are some things that I'm still seeing in my wife that's just the genius of God. So sometimes you just got to just flow with God. I was trying to make it deeper to what it really is, but then I got really settled and realizing, fam. Me and my wife supernaturally compliment each other. And, and it's all because of God. And so what I mean by that is I wouldn't even worry about how I compliment her I, or him, depending on uh, who you are, my bro, or my, my sister, my brother. It, I wouldn't even worry about it because it's a supernatural thing. Now, there is some natural thing about it, that you, but you have to do the natural on your part and on your side of the equation. Meaning the more you know who you are, the less shots you will allow to be taken at you or the less shots that you will take, which means that you won't be distracted, right? So that leaves you a little bit more open to the one that God has for you, right? And then the one that comes into your life, you will begin to say, man, we supernaturally compliment. Even It's a supernatural thing, man. But uh, you know you guys compliment first off when y'all both rooted in God. It's interesting how me and my wife are 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 99.9% uh, uh, um, in agreement on what the word of God, which 100%, I'm just joking. I'm just, you know, you can't, we don't know. Life's going to prove whether or not we 100% or something, right? But 100%, right? Uh, 100% on our values for parents. Like you, those things you want to compliment. So what I would do is and start looking at your life and say, okay, who am I? Who has God called me? What, what has God called me to do? And, and what tools, resources, and skills would I need to complement this? And then that's as far as you can go because the rest is supernatural, fam. So I wouldn't worry too much about um, looking for complementary pieces. But here are some examples real quickly. Y'all both compliment each other when it comes to living. That's a supernatural thing. Like my wife cooks and I do the dishes. My wife do the laundry, but I do other things. You see what I'm saying? I clean bathrooms. You know what I'm saying? So what we're saying is that 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 it's a supernatural balance that you can begin to find yourself complimenting even in the living. So you can complimenting, you can compliment outside the home. Y'all guys look great, but can y'all compliment in the home, right? Meaning how y'all compliment outside the home. She's more reserved. I'm out there reaching, hugging people, right? She now she hugs, she gives little hugs out, but she's not as huggy as I am. She's not out there like I am because of who I am. I'm a preacher. Everybody look, a lot of people look up to me. I got I got to be out there, even though I'm introvert. But also examples of complimenting is purpose. I didn't realize until later after I met my wife, I didn't know God wanted me in the school system. My wife is an educator. My wife is an English major, which means she helps with my books. She helps with a lot of things. So it's interesting how we compliment, but it's in discovery after you have discovered yourself and have deeper your devotion to God. And then it makes the discovery of the other person fun. Hope they are. Legal 27 says, how do you identify root causes of being uh, of binge eating and body image issues? Have been struggling with this since I was a child. Great question, Lilo. Well, you have to begin to fall or not fall, but grow in love with the person that you see in the mirror. 
because you are appreciate the one who wrote the mirror, which is the perfect law of liberty, which is the word of God. The first mirror that you should, the most important mirror that you should look in to find confidence is the word of God. The more you check that mirror, the more you begin to not feel inferior, and then you will become more superior than things you wasn't even supposed to be inferior to. And then you'll start growing into confidence. And when you begin to look in the mirror, no matter if you got a big head, small head, no matter if you wide or thin, no matter how tall you are, you will begin to love that person in the mirror because you know who loved you. Perfect love casts out all fear. The issue is the reason why we operate more in the spirit of fear, when we fall into the subcategories that are birthed out of fear is because we don't have the, our confidence that comes from God. He says, I did not give you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. You have power to overcome those thoughts. You, uh, uh, you are loved and you have a sound mind in the spirit of God, which then produced the fruit of God, the fruit of the spirit, which then help you manage the everyday engagements of life and the people that you engage in, right? And so the real root reason of why you're bent, eating, or having body issues is because you don't really understand just how fearfully and wonderfully made you are. The chapter that I want you to meditate on for the next two months is Psalms 139. I don't know why two months, but it came out of my spirit heavy. I want you to meditate on Psalms 139. That's where the scripture talks about that you fearfully and wonderfully made. I want you to meditate. I want you to read that over and over again. If you're a memorizing type of individual, I want you to memorize it. I want you to really engage in that chapter, right? So that you could begin to see that he knitted you in your mother's womb, that he created you. Listen, I used to hate my forehead, but I ain't shaving his forehead down. His forehead is an attractive piece of mine. See what I'm saying? There's a big brain behind that big forehead, right? And so the more you begin to be ashamed of who you are, you are ashamed of the artist. Now, if it's body image issues, see, I can't change his forehead, but I can change my weight. But you have to have a why for the changing of weight. Right. And so if you're binge eating, which is affecting your body, because there's no way binge eating makes you feel makes you get small. I used to binge eat. I have to watch it sometimes because your boy loves food. But I used to. But food used to be an emotional bomb healing tool of mine because with the things that I was going through emotionally until Jesus became my rest. Until I began to realize he has what's best for me. Then I put a vest on me. Then I began to guard my heart with the breastplate of righteousness, knowing that I'm in right standing with God because of the, uh, uh, the sacrifice of Jesus and his resurrection, his ascension and seating at the right hand of the Father and the blood being poured in mercy. I have access to the Father, which you know, I got access to confidence, right? I know who my Father is, who loves me. And then the more that I am loved, what I don't see doesn't necessarily affect me deeply. It inspires me to get better. So see what I'm saying? So <clears throat> the two for two, 20 and 20 honey buns I used to get all the time. Oh, my wife's back. You all right? You okay? Okay, I'm just checking on you. And y'all only got 10 minutes now. She's like a snack, okay? And hurry up and get through this, all right? So you have to realize, hey, man, what is the root reason? Is it because what your mom said or didn't say, your dad said or didn't say? It's because of comparisons? Is it because this person got a better body than yours or this person got this who matches the Kardashians better than you or something like that? And if it's something that you, hey, I don't like the way my weight looks, then you got to deal with the root reason of why you're emotionally eating. Because you can go into the gym every day for five months. If you never deal with that root issue, you'll be back at that weight again. Right. So what you do is where's the root reason? And then whoever said whatever to you, I want you to write down every person who has contributed to this right now that you have allowed to contribute. And I want you to start forgiving them. 
forgiving them over the Bible says 70 times seven in a day, 490 times a day, just forgive and then write down why you must forgive them. Right. It, the reason why you can forgive them is because you survive them. The thing is, we survive the initial attack of an individual, but we haven't survived the mental attack attack from that individual. Once you begin to reverse those thoughts by changing the way you think, by shifting your perspective and begin to find your rest in God, those people, no matter how long ago it has occurred, can't affect you no more. So you identify by your emotional wounds. That's the reason why you binge eating in your body image issues. It's a downward spiral. The enemy knows if I can change the way you see about you and don't feel and, and to make you feel like you have no dignity, no self-worth or no value to God or anyone. Then the next thing you're going to do is try to fill that hole with food. You're going to start emotionally eating because food has a way with chemicals and stuff like that. Dopamine releasing different type of chemicals in your brain makes you feel good. They do it on purpose. And then you'll be addicted to it, which means you'll keep eating and then keep eating. And the more you rehearse that thing in your mind over and over again, you'll be emotionally wounded from that thing mentally every single day hurt by, which leads you back to the which leads you back to the honey buns, and then your body's going to get big, and the more your body's get big, and open yourself up to cancer and disease, and eventually going to die. But that ain't going to be you. And so, and since you say you expected been affected by this since you was a child, you got to start forgiving whatever happened then. So find the root reason of why you're going through this, and then start making the changes, my friend. I hope that helped. I was all over the place with that question, but. Hope it's a blessing to you. That's true, coach. We're our first epistle. That's right. First, first, first Joshua, chapter 35. <laughs> I'm Joshua, I'm, 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 I'm first Joshua, chapter 35, verse 12. 12th month or oh, 11 month, verse 11. Then I'll be in Joshua, chapter 36. The good thing about being a living epistle is. I don't even care <clears throat> if you stop reading me at chapter 26, my friend. That's why you can't. You, ooh, I'm about to minister to somebody right now. You can't worry about who stopped reading your epistle at chapter 23. If you don't got the ability to read all the way to the chapter I am right now, then you ain't really worth my time. Some people don't get worried about who's still judging you. Oh, D David has some bad chapters, yo. <laughs> Elijah had a bad chapter. Adam had a bad chapter. Moses had a bad chapter. John the Baptist had a bad chapter. Job had bad chapters. A lot of people had bad chapters, but it doesn't matter about what chapter that they had a bad moment as long as there was a chapter of the resurrected Lord in my life. So, hey, man, you on, I'm on chapter 35 right now, about to be on chapter 36. And people, as they continue to read, they'll be like, man, there's a God working behind the scenes on that boy's life. And that's what you got to do. MJ says advice for walking in purpose. Advice for walking in purpose, walking in purpose. Great question, man. You got to be purposeful daily. Sometimes we care so much, MJ, about purpose, capital P, that we forget about the little P's, like the, the daily purposes. I'm on purpose all the time. Everything I do is purposeful in light of the purpose that I'm built for and the purpose that was given to me from God, right? I'm purposeful, right? Every moment. 
So I walk in purpose every moment. Every step is calculated. Every thought is processed, sifted. Uh, uh, so because I, I sift every thought because a thought can shift me. I sift so there won't be such negative shifts. Before a word come out of my mouth, I'm purposefully calculating the words that I conjure up in my throat to come out my mouth. I'm purposeful every day. The more purposeful I am daily in my thoughts, in my talk, in my steps, in my pep, you see what I'm saying? The more I am thoughtful and purposeful in that, pep means praise and rejoicing and being grateful. The more purposeful I am in those things, the more of a higher chance, 98.99947% chance I have in walking into purpose, capital P, and standing in position at purpose for long periods of time. Those who are purposeful surely fulfills purpose. So the best advice I can give you about walking in purpose is, is being purposeful in every walk, in every step you take. The best advice I can give you in walking in purpose is to make sure that you are purposeful in every step you take along your walk. Hope to help. I got time, maybe two more, and then I'm done. And thank you all so much for watching, man. I really appreciate y'all, man. Books, got books, card games, latest book, uh, The Holiness Journal is available right now. Card games available right now. Plenty of books, all this stuff on my website, IamUnplugged.com. If you're looking for coaching resources, you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, make sure you check out my website, IamUnplugged.com, forward slash custom dash coaching. And um, man, if you uh, for those, man, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something about y'all. Y'all are some very generous people. I really appreciate y'all support, man. And y'all support is going to help us in our second phase of our school. There's a lot of students that I'm helping with entrepreneurial endeavors, finding their purpose. And y'all support really does that. So I appreciate y'all for that at IamUnplugged.com. Let's get back to the Q&A. Entertainment says, Coach, when you hit that... I can't answer that, big dog. MJ said, advice for walking in purpose. How do I know it's God's purpose in my life? Great question. Well, first thing I will say is uh it's understanding that purpose is revealed in stages purpose is revealed in stages don't get so caught up on what's god's purpose for my life examine what's god's purpose for my life right now that's what i would do fam um that's good sean says yep i know that one says can you forfeit your promises or will they still come to pass so God may be glorified to spite you? Well, it just depends on how much you uh, 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 affect you. I mean, there, the windows are opportunity to do close. It could have been God's will for me to play for Oral Roberts University's basketball team. But because I went out there and played flag football, dislocated my finger, had to have surgery, I missed trials and couldn't be on the team. So there's some things what we don't want to do is go to any extreme to start thinking that I can affect God's will or the other extreme that nothing can affect God's will. And what I mean by God's will, there are some things that can affect it for personally from you. There could, there's a lot of people who married the wrong one. It wasn't God's will for them, but they married the wrong one because of their bad decisions. You have a greater outcome in your life if you make great decisions. <laughs> the more you make godly, godly acknowledged decisions, the better you walk in purpose. The bear you walk in promises. It doesn't matter how much 
or how many financial things. Like if God wants to make me a millionaire and God's like, hey, man, Josh, I had all these millionaire million dollar generated ideas that I wanted to burst through you. If I continuously through my free wills practice poor financial stewardship, I will never fulfill that part that God has placed in front of me to do. Right. So you have to be cognizant that God can redeem. Time can be redeemed when my mind becomes renewed. It doesn't matter how bad your life has been at this point. Colonel Sanders was a millionaire. He started he didn't create KFC till he was 64. You see what I'm saying? So what I'm saying is there's always time. God can redeem the time, but it's your responsibility to allow your mind to be renewed so that things can be redeemed for you. And then you can at least begin to receive what is for you. Either way, whether you do it or don't do it, God's going to get the glory deserved. Hope to help. And thank you for the super chat. Simple, simple life. Thank you for that. Uh... Quentin Williams says, will you ever pastor a church, man? I, listen, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's not a desire of mine. And you, it's unfortunate, though, because usually when you don't have a desire, it, it ends up being something you have to do. But I, I don't I don't have a desire this moment. A lot of people ask me that question, and I'm like, fam, uh, I'm just taking care of the day. I don't know what the future holds. Um, but, yeah, but I'm here to serve my pastor, serve my church family. And um, ah, it's not in the books for me at this moment. And if it does, hey, cool. I would love to do it because God would want me to do it. Would I, am I looking forward to it? Am I looking for it? No. But uh, yeah, Quentin Williams all said, how do I crush narcissism and heal from years of trauma? Great question. I did talk about, I did discuss in, in length the trauma question earlier. So I would definitely uh, look through the beginning part of this video uh, because the best way to heal from trauma is to allow your perspective to be renewed from the drama or of that caused the trauma, right? Uh, um, and th and that right there can help. Uh, but narcissism all boils down uh, to not thinking of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think of yourself soberly, and begin to really start pill pulling back on your uh, ambitions and and how much how high you that you think of yourself, right? But go a little bit of deeper. I got time for two more questions. One more question. I'm done. And look, look more uh, uh, in the beginning part of the video about trauma, friend. But narcissism, man, you, it's just uh, it's a root of pride. And, and just think more highly of yourself than you should. Uh, let's see here. Let me see. Currently influenced, the youth says, how do you forgive and stop being angry with someone that doesn't respect you and is always negative towards you if you have kids together? First, you have to forgive yourself for, um, quote unquote, putting yourself in that position. Oftentimes, people have this built up negative energy or intensity because they feel bad that they now have to deal with this person that doesn't respect them, right? So once you heal from your own forgiveness towards yourself, the more you start forgiving yourself and healing from uh, a decision that you may have made or feeling regretful or feeling like, man, I can't believe I got myself into this. The more you get that monkey off your shoulder, the better you can climb, right? But uh, uh, so being angry with someone, um, now we have to start working the emotional realm, right? And then you got to ask yourself, uh, first off, I know why you're upset because of what that individual does to you, right? 
And so what you got to do is, hey, man, you set boundaries and parameters. You set mental, emotional, and physical boundaries with that person. You don't have to deal with them. You may have kids with them, but you don't have to deal with them. So what I mean by that, you can set boundaries. And, and then when they begin to press against those boundaries, you, 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 you get some other parties involved. Uh, uh, you, the best way is to, as you heal, first, how you heal the emotional thing is to forgive yourself and forgive him. Look at him or her with a different lens. Look at him or her as a potential child of God. Because not everybody's a child of God. You know, it's those who've been saved by the blood of them, those are children of God. Right. Uh, and so what I mean by that is, is look at them with the empathetic eyes of God, because then that will put you into a level of kindness. Which then puts you in a level of joy. Joy then puts you in kindness. What I mean by that? When the joy of the Lord is your strength, you can handle any situation. Now I will start investing more in your relationship with God, start investing more in you and God. Start worshiping more, get your worship playlist, get your Spotify account, Apple Music, whatever, create your worship playlist. Keep that joyful energy in you, the joy of the Lord in you. The enemy's after your joy. And once he hit, once he hits your joy, he affects your strength. And once he affects your strength, then he can come and invade and take whatever he wants to take. Then that's when stealing and killing and destroying occurs when there's no joy. When you have joy, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength and you can handle any situation supernaturally because you have the right temperament or temperature inside it, which is joy. Joy means no matter what the conditions are around me, I am in awe and, and full in love and inspired by the love of God in my life, right? And then the joy will strengthen you, even in the face of someone that's an enemy of you. And then you can start being kind. And the Bible says kindness will heap coals of fire on a person's head, which will then renew their mind. And then they will begin to see their sins against you. And then the Bible says he will even make your enemies your footstool. And he'll even make your enemies to be at peace with you. But they can't be at peace for you if you still see them as a problem against you. Right? The joy of the Lord becomes your strength. Then while you work on your relationship with God before they, before you know you got to see him on Friday, before since you know you got to see him on Saturday or whatever, start worshiping now. Start praising God now. Start allowing the worship music to heal you and, and begin to start uh, tapping into the presence of God. And then when you're in the presence of Rashad, then you'll be all right. <laughs> if his name's Rashad, now that's something. I'm prophesying right now. But then I don't care if it's Rashad or Tyrone or Tim or Jamal or Marcus or Anthony. It don't even matter who it is. Or Patricia. Or or uh 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 um, whatever the other girl name is. I don't want to say about you. I know a lot of women. I don't want to <laughs> like, why you say my name? <laughs> anyway. So what I'm saying is, is that you change the way you see because of the joy that you allow to seep in. And then <laughs> who cares who respects you or not? It's <laughs> listen, never go. I always say, go where you celebrate, not where you tolerate it. Uh, when people start disrespecting, then 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 you start, you know, changing directions. And then when it's time for the children, pray over the child. Why they go with their father or go with their mother. And then keep a smile on your face. The more they begin to see that their actions don't affect you. The reason why he's being disrespectful, he wants to see if you still love him. <laughs> people, people do dumb stuff. They start doing stuff like the more let me they start doing hurtful things to see if there's still love there. But when your love is God and you are full of God's joy and God is blessing you, it don't matter who's trying to stress you, you got God blessing you, then they're gonna be like, they're gonna only want to look foolish. 
And so that's my best advice to that. Thank y'all so much for watching. My wife's home. Got to make sure she's okay. And uh, that's just is what it is. Once my wife gets home, I'm off the off the on the online. So I hope y'all were blessed by this. I'm, I know all of you are. I didn't get to y'all's questions. I know, I know. And thank you for your super chat, fam. I really appreciate that, man. Thank you. Uh, and so thank you all so much. Uh, uh, she said, uh, Minnie said, thank you. I clicked on this live for just in time for the question I had in mind. God is, he's an on-time God. Yes, he is. Right, let me start reading your question because y'all get me, y'all gonna get me going. Make sure you check out my website if you need one-on-one coaching. You need some coaching, need some support. Let me know what your budget is for an hour or a couple of hours or three hours, whatever your hourly, whatever you're thinking. Uh, uh, go to uh, imunplugged.com forward slash custom dash coaching. Um, I will get to you as quickly as I can. Um, I, I pray before I get involved and just see where God wants me to go. And and you never know. Just keep your email in there. And uh, you never know. There's people that emailed a month ago and I contacted them and they was able to coach. Let me know what your budget is. I'd love to help you. Make sure you check out my latest book, The Wholeness Journal. <clears throat> Are you whole enough to hold? It's a great book on wholeness to help you process. Are you able to hold the important things of life? Over 125 reflective questions, as well as 25 articles, as well as uh, a, a year's worth of weekly um, wholeness accountability just to make sure that you're on it, that you're still strong enough to hold it. And also got card game. Uh, the, the first one who spell whole wins, man, this is probably the, one of the funnest. I think it's a word. Anyway, one of the best things that I was able to create, the, the genius behind this is so dope, man. And I can't wait till you are you all able to play it. But the first one who spells whole wins is a fun way to interact, to ask questions, and to just have a good time of competition. Uh, I got a book called The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? This was the prerequisite to this book of wholeness. The book of wholeness is for singles, teens, dating couples, married couples. Um, this book is probably 80% for singles. The rest is for um, those who have already mingled. <laughs> and so it was a good resource as well. Uh, really talks about singleness and be a whole. Um, this book right here is a good resource to help you date God to date yourself so you can become dateable so that you can date the love of your life forever. Right. And so there's a good book with a lot of great questions to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. Also got this book on soul ties called the purpose of freedom. How to untie soul ties of uproot strongholds. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Jesus has opened the door for a lot of us, but some of us like this bird. We still sit in that cage. Freedom is no good if you don't fly in it. Also, if you're struggling with discernment and the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart, this book is probably one of my top favorite um, things that I've ever created. It's a book on discernment. It talks about how God confirms. It talks about um, how to uh, how to uh, determine what's a counterfeit or counterpart, not just in people, but in jobs and money decisions and a lot of different things. Great, great resource there. My wife and I also created this children's book called As He Says. As is for the students I serve, that's our cartoon characters. We can't wait to see how God uh, uh, grows this because we love kids, man. We want to help a lot of uh, help the young people tap into their purpose early. And so there's a great resource there. If you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, demons and whatnot, this book called World War Me, Winning the War Within. If you can win the war within, you can defeat any war that tries to come against you, right? But it talks about the whole armor of God and um, how to do spiritual warfare. And it's got a lot of great resources there. Also, we got t-shirts that go with the wholeness movement that we have. You can get all these different items and resources and more. Card games like the memory muscle, uh, memory memorizing scripture, as well as my dating prep card game. I got to make graphic for those. But all those resources, over 
are nine or ten, over ten for sure, resources, including the courses, are on my website, imunplugged.com. Those watching on YouTube right now, those links in the description box below. Those links are in the live chat right now. Also, if you want to support what I do, if you feel led to give, man, no matter how small, no matter how tall, uh, we appreciate you all. And so whatever it is that you feel led to give, man, uh, you definitely will know it be used wisely. And uh, we appreciate your generosity in advance. Uh, let's see. Love you all. Hope y'all was blessed. Simple Life says have a blessed night. Enjoy the insight. God gets the glory. Uh, when is the next live Q&A? You got to hit that bell, my boy, my brother, because no man, no woman knows that when I'm going to go live. But if you hit that all notifications on my website, I'm on my YouTube, I, you'll get the notification right when I go live. I won't go live tomorrow. May go live Friday. May go live Saturday. May go live Saturday, Sunday. But with a family, um, and all that kind of stuff, man. It, it, it is it is like it is what it is. But um, hit that bell, my brother. You'll you'll know for sure. Um, love and blessings to you too. Future Fix says just missed it. Oh well, thanks. God bless. Catch the rerun. Catch the re. Uh, and once I'm done with this, it'll be available again. Uh, but hit that bell, y'all, so that when y'all know when I go live. I love you all. I'll see y'all next time. And peace.